What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Gang Green Talk for episode eight. I'm your host, Nick Monjovi. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, it's that time of year again. It's Combine Week, huge week for us Jets fans. It's March is just a huge month for us. So is April. Um, the next dozen episodes or so are going to be really important. Um, we're getting into Combine stuff. We're getting into free agency. Um, free agency starts in about 12 days. It's March 4th right now. So about 12 days from now is when free agency will start. And then we got the draft in April. In April. So it's two huge months for us Jets fans. And uh, I'm going to review the first two days of the Combine, what I saw. Um, I saw a lot more of day one than I saw of day two. Day one was quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Day two was offensive linemen and running backs. I don't think we're going to be in the draft for a running back. Uh, and there's only a few offensive linemen I think that we'll be looking at. But other than that, day one was very important for us. So I'm going to address that first. I'm going to, we're going to talk about some notable 40-yard dash times. Uh, sorry, Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver from Baylor. Everyone thought he broke the record. But a four two one, but that wasn't right. The correct time was a four two eight. Still got blazing speed. Uh, number two, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State, ran a four three eight. Chris Olave, wide receiver from Georgia, ran a four three nine. Sky Moore, wide receiver from Western Michigan, ran a four four one. Um, I like Sky Moore a lot. Seeing uh him run routes yesterday got me a little intrigued. I'm not gonna lie. He looked he was really good. Uh, pretty good route runner. He's got some speed on him with a four-four-one. Um, great ball control, especially on the sideline. Good receiver, solid guy. Maybe third, fourth round guy. Maybe maybe late second if you want to reach for him. Uh, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State with a four-four-three. I've always been kind of high on him. Um, I know Daniel Jeremiah, who's commentating in the booth with Rich Eisen. Uh, last night and all week about and uh, what's it called John Dotson his name kept getting brought up by DJ and he likes him too I like him he's got a 4-4-3 he's fast um, good ball skills as well um, that leads me into the next one Khalil Shakur wide receiver from Boise State also ran a 4-4-3 he's solid too and later round receiver you can go and get um Next receiver is George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia, a 4-4-7. Uh, coming into the year, people probably had him a little higher on their boards. But uh, he's going to fall a little bit into those mid-rounds. But definitely a guy maybe you want to get for depth. Uh, next guy is one of my favorites, Traylon Burtz, wide receiver from Arkansas. Ran a 4-5-5. Now, for being 6-2-2-25, Running a four five five is okay. The people out there, they're like, "Oh, he only ran a four five five. He's supposed to be faster than that. Maybe coming in at like a four, a four four seven or something like that." Like Pickens, he his NFL comp is Debo Samuel. Um, you can line him up at at wide at receiver in the slot at running back. That's the type of guy the Jets are looking for—a playmaker to help out Zach, to take the pressure off of him, to really 
expand the offense, to make it a dangerous offense. Traylon Burts gives you a lot. He's very versatile. He's the type of guy that this team needs. And a 4-5-5 is not slow by any means. That's a fast receiver. He's not going to blow past you when you got guys like Tyquan Thornton, the shorter uh, – no, he's pretty big. Uh, what's his name? Austin. What's his name? Uh, is it Cam Austin? Uh, the receiver – forget his forget his name. looking it up. Sorry. Um, one moment. He had a fast forward. Oh, Calvin Austin third. Ran a 4-3-2 from Memphis. But he's like five foot seven. So you got a guy that's six foot two, built like a linebacker, running a four-five-five. It's scary. And he's strong too, like Debo. They can just run you over. That's the type of guy I want. People gotta stop slandering this man. He's fast. Stop shitting on him. Let's get into three. Tight ends that I saw that ran at notable 40s. All right. I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name. I'm sorry. Chig Aconquo, tight end from Maryland, ran a 4.52, blazing speed. Um, don't know much about him, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Greg Dolcich, tight end from UCLA, ran a 4.70. Uh, Dale Jeremiah talking about how he has him possibly being the first tight end off his own board and a lot of others around the league. I haven't heard much about him, but he ran some good routes, blocked pretty well. Um, I like him a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, Jake Ferguson, tight end from Wisconsin, ran a 4 8 1. Um, he's pretty solid, too. And I don't know if Trey McBride ran the 40 or if, I, if he did, I just can't find it. But he had one hell of a catch on the sideline yesterday. Um, we already know. That he's the best tight end probably in the draft. Um, I think he's better than Dulcich. Um, he's proven it time and time again. I would love to bring him in, especially with rumors coming out that with the Cowboys that they are cutting Amari Cooper. They may franchise tag Dalton Schultz. That leaves us with Somebody else a tight end, whether that's Ninjoku or Gasicki or Hertz, you have to go get Trey McBride because he will be a plug-in and start by whoever he's drafted by, for sure. Um, let's get into some other things. Uh, let's just talk more about the Amari Cooper stuff. Um, they have to do it. That's a smart move. Cutting him clears $20 million cap. Um, he's getting up there in age a little bit, gets hurt a lot. I know they want to bring Michael Gallup in for, for, they want to keep him for a long time, but he does get hurt probably the same amount, if not more than Amari Cooper does. So that's got to concern you a little bit if you're, if you're Dallas or a Dallas fan. Um, but I think they want to do it because Cooper's older. Um, Gallup's a very good receiver. He's definitely a good number two. And being able to bring Dalton Schultz back as well is probably very, very important to them. He's a he's your top seven tight end in the league for sure. And I don't blame them for doing that. It's a very smart move by them. Um, 
let's get into DK Metcalf trade rumors. Now, the league hasn't really said much about trading him, but I see a lot of Jets fans creating trades for DK Metcalf. Um, there's, there's a little buzz around it a little while ago, like a, like a month or so ago, but nothing really caught fire. Um, a lot of Jets fans are saying, trade the 10th overall pick for him. He's not worth a, a, the 10th overall pick. He's not worth a top 10 pick. I don't want to give that up. He's a very good receiver. Do not get me wrong, but I'm not giving up a top 10 pick for him. You're out of your mind. I'll give him a, a second. A third or a third or a fourth, you're not getting more than that. He's a very good receiver, don't get me wrong. But there are people out there that want to give him 10th and Corey Davis. Hell no, you're not getting them both. Are you kidding me? The whole idea of getting a receiver this offseason is to bring him alongside Elijah Moore and Corey Davis to have a good three. So trading the 10th overall pick and Corey Davis for DK Metcalf is just but just so stupid. I would never do that. So, yeah, my thoughts on that are do not trade for DK Metcalf. That means you're getting, you're getting rid of the 10th overall pick and possibly getting rid of Corey Davis as well. Do not go in that direction whatsoever. Um, Robert Solange and uh, Joe Douglas had some pre-combine press conferences. Pretty similar. Sala was asked about taking a safety in the top five. And he said something along the lines of, no matter, he, he better be pretty damn good because whoever it is, uh, no matter what position it is, if he's a unicorn, the type of guy that you can't pass up on, that um, generational talent, that guy that's a plug-in and starting, he's a he's a pro bowler, almost, like that good, then yeah, he'll definitely be in the conversation. So basically what he addressed is what I got from that was Kyle Hamilton will be in the conversation for the fourth overall pick. Um, taking a safety that early, some people knock it. I knocked it, but he's a hybrid guy. Like I said, in basically every episode since the first couple that um, he can line them up in the bots, the slots, out wide to guard a receiver. He can put him in guard a tight end. He can blitz the quarterback. He, he can do it all. He really can. I would love if we, if, if we landed him at four. I just don't think he's going to last that long. I can't see it. It's either we're getting him or Thibodeau probably because I don't see Aiden Hutchinson falling. Uh, the first guy to go, odds-wise, is Ike Aguano, the offensive tackle from North Carolina. I'm sorry. North, not, North, not North Carolina. What am I saying? I got to look it up now. That's actually bothering me. Um, Ike Aguano. From NC State. Sorry. Yeah, um, definitely a good football player. But did I say Ikemic Wano? I meant Evan Neal. I'm sorry. Evan Neal supposed to go first overall. My bad. Evan Neal supposed to go number one. Aiden Hutchinson's probably supposed to go two. Three, it's either Hamilton or Tibbs. 
I can't see it being any being anybody else. Maybe Equano, but it's either going to be Hamilton or Tibbs, and I think it's going to be Hamilton. And then the Jets can't be afraid to pounce on Tibbs if he's there by any means. Um, what else? What else? What else? So yeah, not a lot going on right now, Jets wise. Not a lot of rumors this week at all. Um, the draft combine, pretty fun to watch. Um, Drake London did not participate due to his fractured foot. I would really like him, but I don't know if they're going to go in that direction. Uh, it's 9.37 Friday, March 4th, so about an hour or so ago, maybe eh, two hours ago, hour and a half. Chargers came out and said that they will, that if they cannot re-sign Mike Williams, they will most likely franchise tag. So he's probably going to be off the board. This morning, it was reported that J.C. Jackson will be a free agent. New England will not use their franchise tag on him. They, in the past, Bill Belichick doesn't like to use the tag. I haven't. I don't remember the last time he used the tag. To be honest, it's been a long time. He might have, have ever done it. So, but the one thing that scares me with that, that he's going into free agency, is that um, when, he, when he moves on from players, it usually means it's the right time to do so. I, I brought this up last episode, I think, maybe, maybe the one before. When he moves on from Malcolm Butler, Everyone's like, what is he doing? He even benched him in the Super Bowl against the uh, Eagles. Crazy move. He went to Tennessee, and we didn't hear from him ever again. Uh, Jamie Collins, another guy, lets him go to the Browns. We don't really hear from him after that. Goes back to New England. He's a star again. Does this happen with J.C. Jadson? Does he let him go, and we don't hear from him ever again? And then maybe he'll make his return back to Foxborough and be reborn or does he stay a top 10 corner in this league no matter where he goes um I'd be willing to sign him take a chance he's a lockdown corner um another lockdown corner that's possibly available for this was for trade is James Bradbury cornerback of the New York Giants um I'm not gonna lie they're only asking for about a third for him. Third or fourth. I'll give him a third and a fourth. James Bradbury, if you can get a corner of his caliber, a lockdown number one, a true number one for a third round pick, you do it. You do it. Joe Douglas should be see that and be all over that. Now, the Jets fans out there, they're saying, oh, the Giants will never trade with the Jets. They did a few years ago when they traded Leonard Williams to the Giants. I mean, that trade worked out for both parties pretty well, I would say. Um, so, yeah, James Bradbury is also an option. Also came out a little while ago today, tonight. Um, the Saints will not franchise tag Marcus Williams. He will be av- available as well. If you want to go get him and not take Kyle Hamilton, or you go out and get both and you have, and you have the best possibly safety duo in the league heading into 2022, 
You fix the secondary. You also get Bradbury. Oh, my God. Defense is all of a sudden fucking amazing. Imagine James Bradbury, Bradbury on one side, Ahmad Gardner on the other, Bryce Hall as well as a three, and then in the slot, you have Michael Carter or Brandon Eccles or Javelin Guidry. And then on the back end, you got Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams at linebackers. Linebackers aren't great. I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> you go, you got C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, Blake Cashman, however you want to go. And this kind of shitty linebacker core, but they can fix that. They can go get somebody for cheap. I'm sure of it. And on the D-line, Carl Lawson off one edge. Um, on the other, John Franklin Myers with middle pressure from Quentin Williams and whoever you fill that second defensive tackle spot with. If you they should cut Sheldon Rankins, you'll make five million dollars if you do it. Um, they're probably not gonna bring uh Fatukasi back, he's asking for too much money. You don't bring him back for that. I think he's asking for nine, something like that. You don't bring him back for that, but. You know what you could do? You can get Marcus Williams and not take Kyle Hamilton. Honestly, I prefer if they didn't. I prefer if they went out and got Kayvon Thibodeau. I would prefer him. So you got the two, you got pressure from both sides of the line, just like at San Francisco when Salah was there. Armstead and Bosa coming off the outside. You had, uh, what's his name? Well, what's his name? Uh, DeForest Buckner for a little while coming up the middle. That was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And then you got Greenlaw over there as well. We can recreate that this year and wreak havoc in the backfield. We can do it this year. It's completely doable. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the episode today. Um, Not a lot going on. Uh, A lot of draft combine, pretty good so far. Traylon Burtz, want him. Greg Dulcich, wouldn't mind him. Sky Moore, want to get him late. Go ahead. Jahan Dotson, if you don't get a receiver, take him the second round. Garrett Wilson, not a huge fan for this offense, but I think he'll be a good player. Same thing with Olave. Um, Tyquan Thornton, I think he's just a speedster. He's, I think he's just going to kind of end up like Hart, um, Nicole Hardman, maybe a little taller, like Wolf Fuller maybe. That's it. I don't think it's going to be anything more than that. Um, talked about some press con- press conference stuff with Douglas and Sala. I know Douglas just kind of wants... Oh, I totally forgot to bring this up. Oh, my God. Joe Douglas was asked how to help Zach. And he gave a very good answer, and I totally agree. You can help a young quarterback progress and succeed by getting him playmakers. That's offensive playmakers, that is. And also by fixing the defense. Getting defensive playmakers so Zach's off, so they can get the ball to Zach a lot more often than not. They can get him the ball quicker, so he's a lot more chances to go score, and so instead of, and also keeping the other team out of the end zone. So Keeping a lead will help Zach progress because he didn't 
I don't think he played much at all. It, uh, he didn't play much at all this year with the lead. But when he did, he, lo- he looked good. So playing with the lead is definitely huge in this game. Getting some defensive playmakers would help that, but also getting some offensive playmakers will help the offense put up more points. I really like that answer. I think we're headed in the right direction as a team. I can't believe I'm saying this. But the Jets, if Zach works out first, that's the thing. And this offseason goes well, the New York Jets will be a playoff team in the near future. By the near future, I mean the Nets one to two years. If this all works, if they make the right moves, if they get the right guys, if they draft the right players, if they make the right coaching changes, whatever that may be, changes or not, this team will be a playoff team in the next year or two. Because that's also got to work out too. Douglas is going to help them. They, and, they, and, they, and they know that they fucked up last time with Donald. They know that. But this team's headed in the right direction, and I couldn't be more excited for Jets football and this offseason. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll catch you guys in episode nine. Have a good one.